for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Yes, do it with style. Star Style, for sure. Hello, power partners, and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. This is our informational playground, and we are brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be The Star You Are charity. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and we always hope to encourage you and empower you and create you know, positive, meaningful conversations that uh, you can have with others with the information that we bring you. Today's Miracle Moment is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. The first live event that Be The Star You Are will be participating in is happening on September 25th, the Moraga Pear and Wine Festival. Visit the website www.bethestarur.org for more information. You can volunteer, sponsor, or just come and have some fun. Um, I think that I don't know if we're going to have to wear masks or not. Who knows from day to day, but it should be good to at least get back together. And this was said by Albert Einstein. Intellectual growth should commence at birth and only cease at death. And I think that is a fantastic quote because that has been my motto forever is We have to constantly be learning and growing. Otherwise, we are stagnating and dying. And you don't want to be that cesspool of stagnant water where the mosquitoes breed. Well, in today's show, we have a lot of different things we're going to be discussing. You will be hearing about what summer perennials that are good in the garden, what is blooming in the heat of summer, because uh, we don't want to be planting right now, but Uh, When you do in the fall plant again, specific perennials grown to thrive in heat will keep your landscape beautiful. So as the goddess gardener, I want to share my personal favorites that are, you know, they come back year after year. Now, also, it is really hot this summer, especially here in the West. And how do you stay cool but still stay active in hot weather? Because everybody loves to be outdoors and participate in activities. But there are heat-related illnesses as well as fatalities. And heat stress is preventable. So we can have fun in the sun, but we can stay cool and hydrated. So we have to – I will be – talking about how we're going to be able to do that. And then, of course, in that same event um, is picnics and barbecues and patio parties. They're all part of uh, the fun of getting together during the summer. However, in the heat, we could also get food poisoning if preparation isn't taken into account. And food safety is especially important during the hot summer months because um, food poisoning actually sends thousands of people to the hospital annually. So we will give you a few tips on that. 
And also we're going to just touch a little bit on the 2020 Olympics that are happening now in 2021. And also hopefully I'll give have uh, some time to um, read to you something from Naomi Osaka about the putting mental health first. So we have a big show for you today. So sit back, relax, and um, let's get to it. So there's a Chinese proverb that says, when the sun rises, I go to work. When the sun goes down, I take my rest. I dig the well from which I drink. I farm the soil which yields my food. I share creation. And kings can do no more. And I think that is such a beautiful, beautiful quote. It's something that I feel that many of us, you know, we live by it, is that we're working, we're resting, and we're also growing our food and um, and sharing it with others. But in this sizzling heat of summer, so many annuals go to seed, and then, of course, the flowers fade. But thankfully, there are some plants, besides cacti and succulents, that enjoy the higher temperatures. And I wanted to share some of my favorite summer bloomers, they're called perennials, that once established require minimal irrigation. Water is a really big deal, especially here in California. And actually, I'll be talking about water more next week. But um, if you want to have a garden and you want to have edibles, you do have to decide which things are going to thrive in the heat. So my top 10 summer flowering favorites, these are not uh, the foods, they are my flowering favorites, are Acanthus agapanthus, bougainvillea, bower vine, crepe myrtle, croxemia, daylily, hollyhock, hydrangea, and rose. Now I'm also a very big fan of Naked Lady, which is just now starting to sprout. Uh, it usually really comes to fruition in August and then lasts through the fall months. So we could add that in um, as well, but that'll probably be next week. So let me tell you about these different ones. So acanthus. Now acanthus is also known as bear's breeches and it can be deciduous or evergreen and it grows from rhizomes. It is drought tolerant. It has these beautiful shiny oval leaves that are lobed with spines and spires of flowers that are purple, white, pink, cream, or green. It doesn't like full sun when it is hot, so I prefer to grow acanthus in partial shade. The ones that I have in full sun, they actually wilt a lot faster and they die back a lot faster. Now, the flower spikes can grow to five feet, so you need to put them in an area that will handle that, or maybe even along a path if you kind of want a walkway like that. But I like them as a back border plant. And now the good news is that butterflies flock to them. The bad news is that deer devour them. So if you have deer around, it's not going to work. In the fall, you cut it to the ground, and then it reemerges in the spring. Now, if you've ever seen Greek Corinthian columns, the capitals of them, they were actually modeled after the acanthus plant. And I have two columns in my dining room because I'm really big. My favorite architect was Palladio. And I'm, I, just, I just love columns and I love capitals. And so 
entering my dining area, I have two Corinthian column capitals and with the acanthus at the top. And that mimics what is outside because I like to bring the outside in and the inside out. My next favorite perennial is agapanthus. Now, you may think that these are common. They kind of are, but they're just they're. They're so beautiful and they're predictable and it's really great to have something predictable when it's so hot. It is a rhizome spreader as well. It's hardy in drought times and the bloom is, um, it comes in whites and blues, either sky blue or this really deep midnight blue, which is my favorite. It's also called Lily of the Nile or African Lily, but you know, most people do know it as agapanthus. The rhizomes retain water and they divide really easily. So you can divide them up and plant them in other locations and you'll get more plants. They prefer a sunny location, although I have seen uh, beautiful specimens growing in the shade. So I have a feeling that they just like the heat. So even if it's hot, it doesn't matter where they're going. The flowers are trumpet shaped and they bloom June through the end of August. And the stalks can reach four feet. And they're very elegant. There's, the leaves are rather strap-light, strap and they are evergreen. So when planting, you want to work compost and organic matter into the soil. And then you want to fertilize them actually during the growing season. And when the flowers fade, deadhead them, toss them on the compost pile. But I want to caution you to wear gloves when working with this plant as it is a poisonous plant. And if you are a person who has allergic reactions, especially if you're prone to plant allergies or skin allergies, you might get an allergic reaction. You're not going to die or be poisoned by it, but you might, you know, break out in some kind of rash or an itchiness. So be careful. Now, bougainvillea, I think this is one of the most gorgeous tropical vining shrubs. Um, the bougainvillea flowers are actually modified leaves that are called bracts. And the colors are, they bloom in colors of yellow, orange, white. My personal favorite is this uh, fluorescent pink. There's also a, a kind of red one, too. And they're native to arid uh, climates. You see them a lot if you go to... Uh, South America, Mexico, Central America, Caribbean, um, they thrive in hot weather and they actually need full sun, but they don't require a lot of water. Now, where I grew up on our ranch, um, my mom had planted this spectacular bougainvillea in that fluorescent pink, and it literally covered a full side of our two-story farmhouse. Um, and it delights us year after year. It, that It has been growing there for I don't know how many years now, probably half a century at, um, at least. Um, and it just, you can't paint the house or anything because there's bougainvillea covering it, but it is so beautiful. You don't even see what's underneath. So, but you do need to plant bougainvillea on a strong structure or a very well-made fence. Uh, it can be pruned when it starts to rain or after flowering, uh, it is susceptible to frost. So if it's small and not covering your house like it is uh, on our ranch, you could cover it with burlap in the winter to protect the plant if it is small enough. The The plants that I grow here at, on my little mini farm, they are small enough. They're on fences. So I just cover them with burlap because we do get some pretty chilly weather in the winter. No snow, but definitely uh, chilly. 
The bower vine. Now, this is one of the most perfect flowering evergreen vines for pergolas, arbors, trellises. You can grow a bower vine over awnings, around windows, doors, or as a gate climber. It's really easy to care for. And what I love about it, it doesn't have any thorns and it doesn't invade a roof or siding. And it is a swift grower. It blooms throughout spring, summer, and fall. Flowers are pink and white. They have a deep-throated trumpet that's really attracted to hummingbirds. And the, the inside of that throat is a deep, deep pink. So I grow my bower vines in full sun and in partial set shade. And once they're established, they don't require uh, much water. Uh, it, it's like most things that once they get established... But they provide year-round beauty, and they have shiny green leaves. And you can prune the vine whenever it needs a little TLC. The vine is not fussy. And then I also cut the stems, and I add them to indoor arrangements. And they, uh, they kind of cascade, which is pretty. Now, crepe myrtle, it is hands down one of my very favorite specimens because of its beauty and interest in every season. In summer, you can have um, – I have bushes and trees – um, and, but they're covered in showy flowers. And in fall, the leaves change to gorgeous red, ombre, gold, yellows. And in winter, the leaves fall off and they showcase this very pretty bark. And then in spring, the shiny green leaves emerge. So all crepe myrtles bloom on new wood and they come in colors that include watermelon, red, white, pink, lavender and purple. I prune my purple shrubs in early winter to about 12 inches from the ground. But by summer, like right now, they are at least three and a half feet tall and they're covered in purple blooms. So you can prune the trees periodically. I have watermelon colored trees uh, on my driveway and they are beautiful, but I do prune them like every two years to keep them shaped. I don't, I used to prune them every year and then I realized they weren't growing or they weren't, you know, weren't getting any bigger. And so now I only prune to shape them as opposed to giving them a heavy pruner. They like acidic soil, but they will grow in sand, clay, or loam. And there are um, a couple of different kinds. There is the Chinese Langrostomia uh, indica, it, it's prone to powdery mildew. So there's a new cross with a Japanese Ferrari. To, and you, if you cross those two, I mean, you can buy them crossed. You can have uh, blooms, attractive bark and leaves and without any issues. And of course, as I said, they're drought resistant too. Now, Croxemia, that is the firecracker plant. And it has a tropical origin. It has these bright, blazing orange, yellow, and red flowers. They just light up the summer garden. In our region, they start blooming right in time for the fireworks of Independence Day. They continue until autumn. And then their sword-like foliage offers these spiky interest to the landscape. Hummingbirds, butterflies are really attracted to the trumpet-shaped blooms. Um, and deer and rabbits actually stay away. Now I did, my goats did like it. Uh, not my current goats. I have two goats now, but earlier goats used to love eating it. I don't know why the deer didn't, but the goats did. The corms will naturalize and the stalks make really excellent floral displays. And then after the flowers are spent, the seed pods actually provide some additional appeal. So they're really a cool one. Daylilies. Sometimes called ditchweed, uh, daylilies grow anywhere, and that's why they're called ditchweed. Their botanical name is hemerocrocollis, and it's from the Greek word from hemera, 
meaning day, and kalos, meaning beauty. So they tolerate every kind of soil. They're extremely low maintenance. They require minimum irrigation, again, once established. And you should know they're not a true lily. They have a fleshy root as opposed to bulbs. And the leaves grow from a crown, and the flowers form a leafless stem called a scape. Now, most do not self-sow, so you have to divide the roots every three to five years if you want more plants. And each flower blooms for only a day, but each scape will have a dozen or more buds, and then they just continue to open. So a variety of colors and shades are available, with butter yellow probably being the most ubiquitous. You see that the most in places. This is an edible plant, just so you know. Every part of the daylily is edible. So you could saute the buds in in butter and garlic and little white wine, and you would have a delicious vegetable treat. And it kind of tastes like asparagus mixed with peas. Now, hollyhocks. I have so many happy memories around hollyhocks because I can't remember a time when hollyhocks weren't growing in my grandmother's or mother's garden. Hollyhocks, um, I have heirloom seeds that are over 100 years old that I I give to clients and I give them away. I'll give them at the Pear Festival if you come. They they just bloom. uh, They have been blooming for generations. Um, They are the classic cottage garden staple that every gardener should include. And they have these spiky tall stalks of pink, white, magenta, red blooms. And they will continue until winter. They are a member of the hibiscus family. They're self-seeding. They're a China native. You plant them in full sun, uh, well-drained soil. But they'll grow to 15 feet or more. So always put them at the back of the garden. And then deadhead when the flowers fade. Save the seeds. Give them to people. And um, they, well, you can put them to the ground in winter. Save the seed pods to share. And they'll come back next year. Now, hydrangea, this is another favorite plant um, for generations of gardeners, and they produce abundant blooms in partial sun. They are thirsty, and they need mulch around them to improve the soil and texture and maintain the moisture. Pruning hydrangeas is tricky, so I'm going to direct you to uh, look that up because I don't really have time to tell you about pruning them here, but I am now trialing two, um, three new panicles from proven win, uh, proven winners, and um, limelight prime and a space saving firelight tidbit, and I'm gonna they're gonna have these beautiful flowers, so I'm looking forward to that. I just planted them today, and my final one, number ten, and no introduction is necessary. It's the rose. Roses are the most versatile and beautiful and coveted plant in every garden. And when gardeners proclaim roses to be the bedrock of their landscape, they are not exaggerating. Roses come in every color, shade, petal, and size to suit every desire. And they are such a diverse group of plants. You can have shrub roses, carpet roses, floribundance, hybrid, climbing, old roses, rambling, tree roses. And their uh, shapes and structures differ. Some look like peonies. Others have a single floral pattern. Now, my favorite breeder is David Austin Roses because they mix the old roses with intoxicating fragrance, fine foliage, disease resistance, and stunning flowers. And they just make these gorgeous, gorgeous roses. I have over 100 roses in my landscape. And I I always love the quote by Emma Goldman. I'd rather have roses on my table than diamonds on my neck. I don't own any diamonds, so I definitely need to have roses on my table. 
So when the sun rises, I do go to work. I spend as much time in nature as feasible. So when fall rolls around, you might consider uh, planting some of my perennial favorites and enjoy the elegance and exquisite allure throughout all the summer months, every summer month. So I want you to stay cool and hydrated and share creation. And we will talk more about staying hydrated when we come back from break. And you can visit my website, CynthiaBryan.com, and click on Garden. And I have a lot of information there. So you are listening to The Goddess Gardener. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I will be back shortly with a very hot topic on how to stay cool when you want to stay active in warm weather. Don't go away. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, now I'm going to tell you how to have power time um, while you are safely being active in warm weather, because uh, summer brings the welcome outdoor activities. We, I think, I think most people really look forward to summer. It is the season that also brings risk, and that is in the form of heat-related sickness and fatalities. And according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Between 2004 and 2018, an average of 712 heat-related deaths occurred in the U.S. annually, and extreme heat sends more than 65,000 Americans to the emergency room every year. However, heat stress is preventable. And I don't know if my mom was counted in one of those um, in that, in that um, close to the 2018 year. But um, my mom and was working in the garden in 105-degree weather and just got dehydrated and went to the emergency room, and they didn't treat her, 
and she ended up, it took um, several days, but she ended up dying from this heat-related activity. So I have to be very careful, and I want you to be too. So let's talk about what the impact of extreme heat. So sweating is the body's natural mechanism to regulate uh, the temperature. And it's the hypothalamus, it's a section in the brain that helps the body maintain its baseline temperature, which is around 98.6 degrees. So when the body's temperature becomes too high or too low, the brain actually sends signals to the organs, the muscles, and the nervous system to help the body return to a normal temperature. But when temperatures go above 104 and then you combine that with a relative humidity of 60%, the body's cooling mechanism weakens, and that can really affect the body's ability to function. It causes damage to the brain and major organs. And then heat stress causes symptoms that range from relatively minor, such as heat cramps, to actually life-threatening conditions as heat exhaustion or heat stroke. So the different heat stress symptoms are this, heat cramps. Now that typically occurs after you have really exerted yourself in high heat. And that, you know, it causes you to be thirsty, to start sweating, to feel extreme fatigue. And you might get really painful cramps in your arms or legs or abdomen. Now heat exhaustion is brought on by an excessive loss of salt and water. And it can result in weakness, headache, thirst, vomiting, muscle cramps, dizziness. And uh, if treated promptly, the symptoms usually last only 30 to 60 minutes or less, and complete recovery can be within 24 to 48 hours. But if you don't treat it, it can actually go to heat stroke. And heat stroke is when the body loses the ability to sweat and fails to cool down. And this is life-threatening condition. And it needs urgent medical attention. And symptoms include hot and dry skin, high fever, rapid heart heart rate, confusion, fatigue, dizziness, nausea. You can even have seizures and you could actually go unconscious. Now, if you promptly address these these symptoms, heat stroke, um, uh, if you don't promptly address these symptoms, heat stroke could lead to damage to the brain, internal organs, and to death. And so here are some heat stroke steps that can be taken in a life-threatening emergency. And you have to learn to identify the early signs and then follow the steps. First of all is to call 911. And the second is to move the person to a shaded and cool area and raise their legs and feet slightly, loosen the clothing, remove anything that is not necessary as clothing and take off their shoes and socks. Rehydrate the person with water or a sports drink and then lower the person's body temperature with a cold compress or fan and keep monitoring the temperature every few uh, minutes. Now what happened with my mom She was working, as she always did, every day in the garden, and she wasn't drinking enough water, and all of a sudden, she felt dizzy, and um, and then she just, she, she just felt, she just felt nauseous, and her, she could feel her heart rate going. She wasn't at heat stroke at that moment, but she was definitely at heat exhaustion. 
And um, she, we did, um, my brother did call 911. They arrived. They took her to the emergency room. But when she got to the emergency room, they just sat her there and they didn't give her any fluids for several hours. And that's when the damage started happening. It just escalated. So um, it's really, really important. Even if you call 911 and even if you go to the emergency room, you have to make sure that you get treated because this is not anything to fool around with, especially if you are, if you are an older person. Because who is at risk? The very young and the old are the most at risk. People who are less fit and those who are participating in extreme sports for long periods or more at risk for any heat illness. Additionally, if you are obese or if you have any chronic medical condition or if you're taking um, medications, that could also put you at risk. And then people, just healthy people who are working outdoors or those who work in hot indoor conditions can be at risk. Now, you've probably read about in these triple-digit um, temperatures that we've been having in the West, how farm workers, there have been a couple of farm workers who have died in the fields, many who have had heat stroke or have heat exhaustion. And so there are now... Um, rules or implications for that of how people have to take breaks and be able to get cooled off. So what are the preventions that we can do? So proper preparation and preventative care can help avoid heat-related illnesses. And this is what you want. If First of all, if you're going to be out in the heat, dress light, lightweight, light-colored, Loose-fitting clothing, that will allow air circulation and transfer the heat away from the body. So light colors and fabrics like cotton or loose linen or rayon can actually keep the body cool. You want some sun-protective clothing and a well-vented, wide-brimmed hat or a loose cotton bandana that can help regulate body heat. What I wear when I'm out in the garden, and I know I look like a total gardener, or and I, I look probably ridiculous, but um, but I do wear a cotton bandana over my head, and then I'll wear a sombrero from that I got in Mexico, a great big white sombrero, and I also wear a um, uh, an insect shield bandana around my neck that has the permethrin in it, so that I don't get ticks and mosquito bites. Uh, it does that actually makes me a little warmer. However, I would I would rather just keep the water with me. I keep all, always a flask of cold water with me, and that gets me to stay hydrated. You know, along with drinking plenty of water, you can also consume foods that have a high water content, and this can be very very helpful. Those foods would include uh, watermelon, strawberries, blueberries raspberries, blackberries, tomatoes, cucumbers, cantaloupe, or any melon for that matter, cabbage, celery, spinach, and zucchini. Those are all great foods to eat throughout the, do uh, the day if you're going to be working outdoors because they have a high um, water content. Watermelon actually is um, is 90% water, so it tastes great. And if you want to make a really delicious drink, you can just blend up watermelon with some ice and a little bit of lemon juice in a blender. It tastes fantastic. And 
and it'll keep you hydrated. Now, you do need to limit um, exertions. So you want to refrain from exercising in the midday heat. So schedule your training or your playing time around the cooler parts of the day, which should be early mornings and maybe early evenings. Then also shorten the intensity and duration of your workout. And you want to wear the moisture wicking fabrics if you are working out. If you begin to overheat, um, you got to stop exercising. Go to a shaded area, apply an ice pack to the back of your neck, and consume some cold water or a sports beverage right away. And then stay informed. Be aware of what the temperatures are going to be and what the forecast for the weather is going to be. And then plan accordingly because the heat index is the body's feel-like temperature when relative humidity is combined with the air temperature. So you can have fun in the sun, but you have to be heat smart and stay cool all summer long and just drink lots of fluids. I mean, before the show today, I'm, I'm still working on building steps and building retaining walls in my landscape. And I only, it was very hot. It was just eh, close to a hundred. Um, but it got too hot for me to continue working. I had to move to the shade and drink quite a bit of water because I just could feel like, oh my gosh, I'm getting dizzy. Also, we have to be careful in the summer about the temperatures in our parked cars. So just remember that a parked car, the temperature rises rapidly, even with the windows open, and you don't want your pets or children to be at risk. So, um, According to the National Safety Council, in the last three years, 130 children died after being left in a hot car. Now, that is just really, really sad. So some tips. Do not stay or leave anyone in a closed, parked vehicle in hot weather. And always check the rear seat of the vehicle before you lock it and walk away. Um, I know it happens to the best of parents that you have your kid or your dog or somebody in the back seat and you just think I'm going to run into the post office quickly and you know something could happen so uh, you want to place something in the passenger seat that's going to prompt you to remember to check on your children and pets while driving or when parked very important stuff so the other thing is about um, about summer is I want to talk about summer safety with meals because one of the great things of summer is enjoying, you know, a picnic or a barbecue or any kind of outdoor meal with your family and friends. And this year, if you can get together, although I know the Delta variant is causing a lot of stress now and what CDC is saying that we need to mask up even if you're vaccinated indoors um, and I'm hearing things I just got an email from my publisher saying that a, a cousin of hers um, of their the boss had a barbecue for a huge family and 18 people ended up with COVID and one is in critical condition, may not make it. So who knows what's going on? This is just sad. We think we're safe and then we, we don't know. But if we can get together and we can stay safe, we want to stay safe from our food as well. 
So we have to make sure that we don't get food poisoning, which unfortunately sends thousands of people to the hospital every year. Now, if you want to know more about food safety, you can go to foodsafety.gov and um, or you can go to the U.S. Department of Agriculture and find out about that. But let's just talk about food safety. First of all, clean. You want to wash your hands, utensils and surfaces often and make sure you wash your fruits and your vegetables. But don't wash your meat, poultry and eggs. And as a person who raises chickens, I never wash the eggs when I gather them. I, I deliver them to my customers with the poop and the straw and everything on them, and they can wash them themselves before they um, cook them. Because if you wash the shells before, uh, you know, any time before you're going to prepare them, you could actually be sending bacteria in through the shells because they are permeable. You want to separate things. Keep fresh produce away from raw meat. And uh, if possible, you should always use a separate cutting board and use separate plates for cooked and raw foods. And make sure you cook things to the right temperature. Cook your food to the recommended minimum internal temperature and use a uh, thermometer to check. And at, again, at foodsafety.gov, there's a chart of these temperatures and you can search safe temperature chart. And then keep cold foods cold and hot foods hot. Meat and poultry should be kept cold until they're cooked, and then after cooked, they should be kept hot until they are eating. And regarding the cold, make sure that you keep, uh, if you're having macaroni or potato salad, anything that has mayonnaise or eggs or anything like that, that it is kept on ice and cold. Um, if you go to the store to buy it and you're going to have a long trip home, you should always bring a cooler or ice chest with you and keep everything in those uh, the ice chest until you get home and can get it into the refrigerator or to your party. But if you are serving food outdoors at a picnic and a or um, or a barbecue, you have to keep your shrimp on ice if you're serving, you know, a, like a shrimp cocktail, keep it on ice. So if you see, if you go to a party and you see a bowl of macaroni salad or coleslaw or potato salad or any kind of seafood and they are not sitting in a tray of ice, pass it, pass it over you could totally get food poisoning, and it's not a fun thing. I've only had food poisoning once. It happened to me when I was 21 and living in France and going to school, and some friends took me out to a French meal, and I had never had foie gras. <laughs> and um, this particular restaurant just had it on the table. I didn't know much about it. I ate it. I thought it was delicious, and I ate more. And I paid for that for several days. I was very, very, very sick. And you do not want to have food poisoning. So follow these tips. And I think that you could stay cool this summer. You could still exercise. You can work in the garden. You can have your summer parties and your summer fun. But uh, make sure you stay hydrated and, and um, you stay safe with the food. So you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And when we come back from break, 
we're going to just touch a little bit on the Olympics and um, hopefully uh, about talk about Naomi Osaka, Osaka and how she has put her mental health first. Stay with me. I will be back with a business bite. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Are you stumped when it's time to buy a co-worker or an employee an appropriate gift for a special day or a holiday? If you do little homework, gift giving can become an important tool to enhancing your business relationship. A couple of things that may help is to choose gifts that will remind the recipient of your friendship. Consider their passions and interests by listening to what they like or find clues by peeking at their office space. Some gifts are always useful, such as photo frames, books, glassware, special teas, or coffee. It's important not to overspend on a business gift and to be appropriate in your choices of items. It can be very helpful to shop at a department store that offers a personal shopper and express your price range, age, and personal preferences of the proposed recipients and then save your purchases for the right occasion. A special gift says, I care about you. And it's worth taking the time to invest in your alliances. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, have you been following Olympics 2020 that started on July 23rd, 2021, and will end on August 8th, 2021? I actually have not been um, following it this year. I mean, it just it just seems odd because it is happening under this shadow of COVID over the games. I mean, there's no spectators. There's no cheering. Um, they're socially distancing the athletes. I mean, this is what a pandemic Olympics looks like. It's never happened before. 
But um, they are underway in Tokyo, and it appears that the Japanese people, the majority of them, um, were really against the Olympics. In fact, I think only 24% wanted the Olympics to happen, and they were trying to get them to stop. But they did. Tokyo is the host city, and the state is in a state of emergency due to the COVID-19 outbreak. Already several athletes have tested positive inside the Olympic Village and more than 155 people as of yesterday um, are at, uh, who are accredited for the Games have coronavirus. Despite all the safety measures that they put in place, it is still causing waves of disruption. And some of the world's best um, athletes have already had their Olympic dreams dashed after they have tested positive for the virus, and it is circulating and in some places raging, as we know, around the world. I believe this is as of yesterday, and it might have increased of today. Uh, 16 athletes are pretty heartbroken because they tested positive. We have, um, including a gymnastic alternate, top golfers, a surfer, beach volleyball players, skateboarders, table tennis players, a top tennis star. And uh, according to the Tokyo Olympics website, this is again as of Tuesday, um, the tally was 155 of COVID infected, including staff, contractors, media, volunteers, and athletes. Uh, Evidently, there were originally 12,000 people who had volunteered to work at the Olympics who all, who all backed out because of the fear of COVID. And those who test positive for the virus have to enter a mandatory quarantine. And according to the organizers, um, as of Sunday, 37,000 people from foreign countries had entered Japan for the Games. And that is only what I'm telling you about staff, contractors, medias, of volunteers and athletes because um, no family members are allowed. And as of Monday, the Tokyo Metropolitan Government has reported 1,429 new daily cases happening in Tokyo itself. So, gosh, I think everybody is going to be holding their breaths until August 8, hoping that the outbreak doesn't spread more within the village. But what happens if an athlete does test positive during the competition? Well, this is what the IOC's executive board released details. And they set out how the games are going to handle the issue. So no athlete who tests positive will be disqualified for COVID-19 reasons. Instead, they're going to be marked did not start or an equivalent to that. And then the second thing is the athlete or the team's result should be protected, meaning that they register the furthest point they could get in competition before they were isolated. And then where possible, an athlete or a team that cannot compete will be replaced by the next most eligible. And um, they're going to allow the events to go ahead and where possible, decide medals in live competition. So how that is all going to play out, I do not know. So far, if you are wondering about how the medals have been, um, the USA 
as of 727, USA had 11 golds, 11 silvers, and nine bronze. The Chinese had 12 golds, six silver, and nine bronze. The ROC, which I'll describe in a minute because I had to look it up. It was like, what is the ROC? Had seven golds, 10 silver, six bronze. And the Japanese had 13 golds, four silvers, and five bronze. So the IRC is the Russian Olympic Committee. Now, what was very interested about, interesting about that is Russia has been banned from participating in the Olympics because of doping, state-sponsored doping at other Olympics. Uh, between 2004 and the, 2018, um, thousands of uh, Russian athletes were doped under supervision of the state. So they, they actually banned it. But there were athletes that didn't participate in the doping. So the workaround for the, um, the Olympics was creating this a Russian Olympic Committee and athletes who were not part of the doping were allowed to participate. But there are some rules around that. So when they win, they, the Russian um, national anthem is not played. They can wear the colors of Russia, but they cannot display the flag of Russia. Um, I don't know. It seems rather weird. But in any case, that's how it's all going around. Now, something else is that I, I wanted to talk about is I know that probably everyone was shocked, saddened that superstar Olympic gymnast uh, Simone Biles um, suddenly dropped out of the Olympic team files. Uh, and not everyone was springing to her defense, but she did have plenty of supporters. She announced on Tuesday that she would not compete in the women's individual all-around final, but she still could medal in other individual events if she decides to go forward. Um, but she said she withdrew to focus on her mental health. And without that woman that many consider to be the greatest gymnast of all time, they call her the GOAT, greatest gymnast of all time, Team USA won the silver medal in Tuesday's event, finishing behind their Russian Olympic Committee team. Um, so unfortunately, they, I mean, she, they probably would have won gold if she was there uh, because she is such a champion. But, you know, we have to admire her for sticking up for what she believes in. And Naoma Osaka, who was a four-time Grand Slam champ, she wrote a wonderful um, article in a Time magazine for the July 19th to July 26th issue, of, you know, that was focusing on the, to the Tokyo Olympics. But she also said how she had to put her mental health first. And if you haven't read it, I think you really need to pick it up because she said she had a time to reflect and also to look forward. And she's very excited to play in Tokyo. But her journey took an unexpected path and one that taught her so much and helped her grow. And she learned a couple of key lessons. Lesson one is you can't please everyone. The world is as divided now as I can remember in my short 23 years. Issues that are so obvious to me at face value, like wearing a mask in a pandemic or kneeling to show support for anti-racism are ferociously contested. 
So when she said she needed to miss a French open press conference to take care of herself mentally, she should have been prepared for what unfolded. That was a lesson. Lesson two was more enriching. It became apparent to her that literally everyone suffers from issues related to their mental health or knows someone who does. And the messages of, um, of confirmation and of support were really overwhelming. So I will let you read this. It's called Gaining Perspective, and I thought it was beautifully, beautifully written. And I support anyone who decides that they need to take a break because all of us can't be in in front of the press and in front of the world at all times. We're just human beings and humans in training. So hooray for Simone and hooray for Naomi and anyone else who needs to take a break. Let's all do it from time to time. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks for being uh, with me every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Listening here live on the Voice America Network, this is the Empowerment Channel. You can change your life, make your dreams come true, and you can get a lot of information whenever you turn into Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more info about Star Style Productions, visit CynthiaBryan.com. If you want to get involved with the charity, make a donation, support us, sponsor us, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you are already the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And read a book this week, and if possible, pick up one of mine available at CynthiaBryan.com. Just click on the Star Style store, I'll autograph it, and you'll get lots of free goodies with it. So, until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference, and always be here on Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Network Empowerment Channel. Thanks for listening to Star Style. Make it a great week. Be safe. Mask up. <laughs> Stay alert. Thanks. Be the star you are. The star you been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you ignite the flame that burns brightly within Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.